Crown Plus acknowledges the traditional owners and custodians of the land, waters and sky and respects their enduring spiritual connection to country. We acknowledge the sorrow of the past and our hope and belief that we can move to a place of equity, partnership and justice together. We acknowledge Elders past, present and emerging and pay our respects to the cultural authority of First Peoples. Welcome to Crownercast, the remote health podcast produced by Crowner Plus. This podcast is all about telling the stories of the remote health workforce. In each episode, a nurse, midwife or health professional shares their experiences of working in rural and remote Australia. Crownercast is designed for you to listen to on the plane, in the car between clinics or during your downtime. Download it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or your favourite podcast app so that you can tune in even when you're out of range. I'm your host Kate Ridge and our guest today is Keppel. Keppel is a registered nurse and midwife and has worked in a variety of rural and remote settings. He is also an educator for Crowner Plus in their midwifery education and upskilling program which is supporting the current and next generation of remote midwives practice safely. He talks about the pull of remote practice and the joys of both personal and professional opportunities available. So grab a cuppa, sit back and enjoy the conversation. Hello Keppel, thank you for joining the Chronicast podcast today. We appreciate you uh, giving of your time. I'm not sure if you've listened to any of the podcasts before, but I always start with finding a little bit about our guest first. So could you start by telling us about your profession, what you're doing now, kind of what led you into the health sector? Yeah, sure, Kate. So uh, the role that I have at the moment is a nursing and midwifery service director role for a health service in uh, Queensland, and it's... uh, the service group that I look after is women's and children's. And so uh, we look after all um, obstetric and maternity, neonatal, child health, paediatric, all of that uh, for uh, our health region. So it's quite diverse. Uh, we've got some great teams uh, of people that deliver some excellent care. And uh, so I find it really um, uh, a privilege to, mm-hmm. to lead that team. Uh, so where where did I come from? So I grew up in country Queensland and so uh, country boy at heart. I did my nursing degree in Harvey Bay and then I went up to the Northern Territory and um, did some work up there and part of that I worked in uh, Jabiru out near Kakadu for about six months and I always wanted to be a flight nurse and then I saw an ad for... Uh, midwifery on scholarship at Darwin Private and I thought oh I'll apply for that because you had to be a midwife to be a flight nurse and um, then uh, my partner at the time got sick of the heat in Darwin and so uh, we moved back to uh, back to Queensland and that was in 2008 and I still haven't become a flight nurse yet but uh, (laughs) maybe one day so yeah I probably always had an interest in in health. Um, I, I had a teacher in primary school actually that told me uh, I wouldn't be smart enough to be a doctor so I could, should consider nursing and um, even though that was 
fairly harsh. I uh, <laughs> I don't um, I don't have any regrets. I've had a I've oh, had a good career. It's good to hear. It's a shame the teacher thought there was you know you know that that nursing isn't such a career, greater career option, but for for nurses. It's it really is, and uh, it's a shame there's that distinction. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So, that's what right. are you doing now in way of remote practice? Yeah. So, uh, g- given that uh, change and that move, um, you know, children' life gets mm. in the way, doesn't it? Uh, my my contribution to remote healthcare has been with Krana Plus. Uh, volunteer facilitating on their maternity emergency care and midwifery upskilling courses. And I've been doing that now for Mm -hmm. over 12 years. Um, Some years are pretty busy, eight or nine Mm -hmm. courses a year. Uh, 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 The last few COVID years have been a bit quieter. But yeah, so while I don't have the capacity at the moment to to work in a rural and remote area, I maintain my uh, engagement and the small part that I can play is by, uh, you know, bringing uh, quality education uh, to the rural and remote health workforce around um, uh, maternity care. So what is covered in those courses? Yeah, so the maternity emergency care course is uh, predominantly for uh, nurses and health workers, doctors that haven't uh, done obstetrics. And it, uh, for first timers, it's, uh, you know, an introduction into the you know, the world of the dark arts of maternity care. Uh, and so we really go from, uh, you know, the con- the context of maternity care in rural and remote settings, which is significantly challenging at times, and then uh, some of the maternal morbidity stuff to really set some context. And then uh, we go from antenatal right through to postnatal. And, you know, many of our rural and remote nurses and midwives uh, play a significant role in um, in good antenatal and postnatal care, particularly uh, if their communities don't uh, offer birthing. Uh, and then we have a variety of the maternity emergency type uh, skill stations and, uh, and, and education around uh, those emergent situations so that they've got a, a, a bit of a back pocket of skills if uh, if they were to have a woman birth in their in their remote location, and we contextualise the lectures and the um, and the skill stations etc to that remote context and give them lots of handy hints and tips and tricks uh, around uh, managing these emergencies in a low resource setting, and then the midwifery upskilling course it's a um, it's obviously for uh, midwives and often we have GPs that have done their obstetric diploma that work out bush. They might come along mm-hmm. to those as well. Uh, and it, it really is that knowledge refresher. You know, as we know, healthcare moves in leaps mm-hmm. and bounds every other day. And so, um, yeah, that, that's, uh, that's the target audience and refresh some of the knowledge and, and also their uh, practical emergency mm-hmm. skills as well. I think the other bonus of midwifery upskilling is that it's often one of the rare opportunities that uh, midwives that work in quite isolated locations uh, have to come together uh, as as a collegial group. And uh, I was actually just taught on one in Cairns on the weekend, and one of the participants, as um, just after I'd finished her practical assessment. Uh, you know, thanked me for the course and said one of the things she really valued was just being able to reconnect with the profession. So I guess that's a nice mm-hmm. little added bonus, yeah. I might just step 
back a little bit in that you talked about how you became a nurse and a midwife and now you're working in education. How did you cross that divide? Yeah, so I I have been in education for quite a long time, um, leadership and management in more recent years, but um, the the step into education, uh, I was still working clinically, so I still had a clinical midwife role in a fairly large regional uh, setting here in Queensland where I worked across birth suite predominantly in the, um, and the postnatal ward. And so when the education opportunity came up at, at that hospital, I, I um, jumped at it. I loved mentoring students and uh, novice practitioners. And so it was sort of a, a next step, I guess, in, um, in, you know, being able to, you know, deliver more education in a more coordinated way. And, and so then that's probably how I initially got involved uh, with Krana Plus was because of that education background. But, uh, yeah, predominantly worked clinically and did education side by side for quite a long time. And then, um, you know, over time then sort of went more into education and then into leadership mm. and management. It, it's interesting how many people tend to cross the divide between their clinical practice and education and it becomes a dual career so I always I'm always interested how that happens as well um so in your current role and with your work with Crown Plus it's really around promoting and enabling and facilitating people to undertake remote practice themselves is that a kind of reasonable assumption yeah so and so particularly yeah particularly in in the setting of maternity care i suppose so you know maternity for many uh rural and remote midwives wouldn't be their primary daily activity but it is something that they offer that that is quite scary if you're a nurse that's never done midwifery before you've never worked in a midwifery environment um you've gone and you're working out bush and you know, it could be a fairly small setting where you don't have much of a resource to lean on. Often what the participants describe when we start one of the courses in the introductions is the fear that they have around it. So it's really about, uh, you know, engaging them in an education activity that, you know, helps to hopefully reduce some of that fear by giving them the skills and the knowledge that they uh, feel that they're missing. Um, And I think, you know, that that there's always a lot of, uh, you know, satisfaction in being able to get to the end of a course where particularly first-time participants have this huge fear around the world of maternity and we can start to to demystify some of it to make them Mm. feel safer. And, and, you know, through back through the coordinators over the years, we've, you know, you often hear these little stories where, the you know, the a participant, you know, sometime down the track will, will drop a, uh, an email in to, to let the coordinators know that, you know, they've had this, they had this scenario and they just felt so much better prepared, you know, to manage it. Um, they also, uh, having done the course, they've got the, the knowledge around the acronyms and the language that we use in maternity that that does differ a bit from nursing so that when they're uh, consulting with a medical officer or a midwife over the phone they understand what's mm-hmm. being asked uh, so yeah that's that's um that's what we hope to achieve is is you know creating that um that skill set for 
for these remote practitioners that do such important work with some really vulnerable communities. Now, you talked earlier about that you you had plans to become a flight nurse. That hasn't happened as yet. Is that still on the cards for you? Yeah. I'd love it to be. You know, I often tell people um, at work that, you know, my the current path that I'm on is only, you know, is only while all the kids are growing up. <laughs> and so I, I really would love to go back to, um, you know, I do see a point in the future where I'll, I'd love to go back and pursue that. It's, it's real, it really is an unscratched itch, I must admit. Uh, and even just recently, um, uh, one of the guys that I was working with in a, in a job that I had in digital health, he's, he's got a niece that's a, a flight nurse uh, down in South Australia and and uh, she'd often share little anecdotes with him. So I did some time living vicariously through the stories that he shared at work. So what what is it? And sorry, when we, what what sorry. is it about remote practice and these type of roles that really draws you in? Look, I think part of it is the autonomy and, and another part is the variety. Um, you know, when I first finished university, I, I went back home to my hometown and worked there for a little while before I went up to to Darwin. And then that opportunity in Jabiru really probably were the two, two of the most enjoyable roles that I had uh, from a nursing perspective for those uh, two reasons that I gave. Um, it, it, uh, it really is that oh, jack of all trades I suppose, you know, like you really are across such a, mm. such a big cross-section, um, you know, of, of healthcare from a nursing perspective and, you know, that you just sort of see and experience things that you don't, you know, that you don't have that same opportunity really if you're on a fairly specialised, you know, ward in a hospital uh, uh, type environment. And, you know, I think the, the teamwork in those small locations definitely happens quite organically because you don't have a huge group of people to draw on you know you're so reliant on your colleagues and and um you know and having grown up in a small community I just love the love the community feeling of uh of small places Mm. too so I guess they're they're probably the main draw cards so what would be some advice you would offer someone who is perhaps toying with the idea thinking about putting their toe in the water but not too sure about whether it's for them or not. Yeah, look, I'd absolutely encourage them to have a go. You know, for many for many years in my education roles and even just recently with some graduate midwives that uh, I was uh, went and gave them a bit of a chat at one of at their orientation recently, and I actively encourage people to go uh, rural and remote to go to you know isolated locations and you know, see, you know, uh, n- not only to experience it from a clinical perspective, but just some, you know, Australia's just got some really amazing, mm. amazing places to see that, um, you know, become really accessible to you when you live quite close to them. And, and uh, yeah, so I, I really do encourage them and, and then provide, you know, as I've met a lot of people over the years, I can often, uh, I can often connect people, you know, with somebody that can, that can give them a bit of support to, to find mm. themselves in a location that um, that they're after. But, yeah, re- really actively encourage it. You know, as I was saying earlier, some of the most vulnerable populations 
you know, live live in some of the most isolated areas, and and the more uh, people we have uh, that are keen and enthusiastic with the right knowledge and skills delivering mm. healthcare, the better. As a way of rounding off our conversation, is there a story that you can tell or an anecdote that describes what it's like to live or work in a remote area um, as part of nursing or midwifery practice that just highlights for the listeners and gives them some context about, oh, this is what it could be like? Yeah, look, I, I can remember back to when I was working in Jabiru, you know, this was before there was a rescue helicopter service in the Northern Territory. And so, you know, if somebody fell over in the bottom of, you know, Jim Jim Falls or Butterfly Gorge or somewhere amazing in Kakadu, uh, the clinic would co-opt uh, one of those Robinson mm-hmm. tourist helicopters and, the, you know, nurses would fly off and, uh go and pick the person up and, you know, bring them back to the clinic for treatment, you know, while we arranged a, you know, a fixed wing back to Darwin. But, you know, that that type of experience is not something you get in a in a big city hospital. And then, you know, you'd come together in the evening and you'd drive after you close the clinic for the day to Ubi Rock and watch the, you know, sunset over. Uh, East Arnhem Land, you know, having walked past these, you know, amazing, amazing thousands and thousands of year old uh, uh, pieces of art on on the rock faces as you as you climb up, you know, just really quite incredible experiences that that, as I say, you just you just don't find them in a city hospital where you're stuck in the commute driving to your shift and you do your shift and then you're stuck in the commute going home again perhaps, um, uh, and, and then that, that sort of, I guess, the closeness of the, of the clinic staff as well, you know, just, yeah, some really, really incredible experiences. And, you know, I've heard over many years of facilitating with Krana Plus just some of the most, uh, you know, incredible stories around, uh, you know, very small teams of people doing very excellent uh, clinical care to, to, to keep, you know, to keep somebody alive until they get, you know, transferred to more definitive care, which is, you know, just re- absolutely remarkable. And, and um, you know, I have the utmost respect for clinicians that, um, you know, that particularly spend their careers, you know, something that I, that I didn't do, you know, I sort of deviated away for family reasons, but, you know, there are many, many really uh, excellent clinicians that spend their lives um, working in these environments and, yeah, a real inspiration. Well, thank you so much, Keppel, for sharing today. Um, I wish you every success with your future plans as a flight nurse. Um, and I, I hope it comes to fruition for you. And all the best with the future Crowner Plus courses. It seems to be making a real difference in the remote community. Thanks very much, Kate. Thanks for listening to this episode of Cranacast and we look forward to sharing more stories from the remote area health workers. We'd like to remind all listeners that the Bush support line is available 24-7. It provides confidential support to rural and remote health workers and their families. You can reach out at any time by calling 1800 805 391. If you're enjoying Cranacast and don't want to miss an episode, you can always subscribe via your favourite podcast platform. 
Take care and stay tuned for the next episode of Chronicast. <laughs>